Hello and welcome to In at Break, a discussion on all things education. You can call me Mr B. I teach sport and business in a further education college. And I'm Mr T and I'm a primary school teacher. Each week one of us is going to ask the other a question about education. It might be serious, it might be silly, but we'll give you our take on it. We're going to decide who asks the question with a good old-fashioned coin toss. I'll flip it and you call it. Here we go. I think we are... We are a go. We've done it. We're on. Okay. All right. So um, I suppose I'll put my podcasting voice on. <laughs> yeah, change your voice. And Hi there. there. We Welcome to In a Break. And we're in. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, like some, some like uh, radio Mr. DJ. Mr. B. um okay so as we are still in lockdown separation and abiding by social distancing rules there will be no visual coin flip i will do the (laughs) coin flip and call it heads Uh, it's tails i'm afraid sorry (laughs) you'll just take my word for it um <laughs> it wasn't even a little bit convincing. Oh, how dare you! How dare you! <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so this is—it's kind of a conversation that's come up with Mrs. B and I a fair amount. Um, you know, not just recently, but over time, and it feeds into what we talked about in the last episode. What have you seen? What evidence have you seen mm-hmm. of mental health issues in the students that you teach? And why do you think that might be the case? Okay. What is in as in during the lockdown or just generally? No, in general. Okay. Well, I would start off by obviously reminding that I'm teaching six, Mm seven-year-olds and that um, the, the path is normally pretty straightforward of if there is any problems, it's the parents like almost every single time as far as, as far as like mental health stuff goes. Um, So a good example, I suppose would be that there's a boy that's uh, that I taught before who he's he's just all over the place like mentally he's he will go from being ecstatically happy about you know the fact that his pencils sharpened properly that's how that's how simple it could be to um if he feels that he's writing too slowly or he may have made a word look a little bit more scruffy than it's meant to look he will lose it he will absolutely go mad. And I've seen him just, you know, he's there like hitting himself on the head or headbutting the table or headbutting the mm-hmm. wall. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he he goes all in on this kind of like emotional roller coaster that he puts himself on. And when I spoke to his mom about this, she wasn't like, What? She's like, Oh yeah. Um she said, I'm a child psychologist. And every day when he comes home, I get him to draw his emotions so if he comes home from school straight away every single day you sit down and you draw your emotions for the day Mm. so i think this kid is just being like overexposed to how he's feeling every day if that makes sense like he's seven 
And I do think that there is something that you could say about him understanding his emotions and all this stuff. But I would, I would say that whatever she's doing is having a detrimental effect on him because the children in my class who were the most mature ones and the ones who were able to handle their emotions in a way that makes most sense and kind of explain how they're feeling and why are not the people who are going home and writing or, and drawing out their emotions every day. But she was very much like, yeah, that's how, that's how, you know, it's healthy. It's him, it's him expressing himself. And it's, it, that is absolutely mm. not, <laughs> that is not what an average seven-year-old does. Like it's, yeah. it's just, it's just not useful. It's not, it certainly isn't useful for him because he's put himself in a position now where he feels that when he gets upset, he's done something wrong because the, the the reaction that he gets so i've had to do a lot this year as um teaching him to kind of not necessarily control his emotions but help explain why he's doing those things and understand that there is a consequence to them like i can't have him punching tables and headbutting walls i can't have it and that there's other options as far to express yourself but but so what we did then as a school is we put something in place where we had kind of like a counselor with him mm. and his mom was like absolutely not she was like he is not having a counselor he is not having that kind of what stuff in school like he's going to be in class and that's it so it's so weird like right like like she's she's all over the place <clears throat> with that stuff and i don't think it necessarily has worked in that way i wonder how she would present her kind of thoughts to another parent if they came in with their child to see her in practice mm. who displayed the same symptoms yeah yeah that's what her advice great... would be to someone else oh do you think it's kind of like a bias thing like she's seeing it from her own son so it's I'm not wonder, I'm, I'm just really wondering if she's kind of like well there's nothing wrong with my child right i wonder if she, I I wonder if she can't see that perhaps she's presenting some of the very stuff she would possibly advise against yeah. oh, alternatively alternatively as with every walk of life just because you're qualified in something doesn't necessarily mean you're good at it yeah true you know we know plenty of teachers that are absolutely shite yeah sure and you know they're still teachers so just because she's a child psychologist doesn't mean she's any good yeah no she's absolutely. Like a really bad one who has absolutely no like common sense or intuition or maybe equally, maybe we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, and kids are supposed to headbutt walls if their pencils <laughs> aren't sharpened properly. I would, I would go out on a <clears throat> and say, no, that's not normal, and like not <laughs> useful either, because he's now like you should see the way that other people react to him. Like children are like, oh, he's weird. I don't want to be around yeah. him, and that's not their fault. But also, you're you're at the coal face. You're you're teaching these kids every day, and if that yep. was quote unquote normal, then could you imagine a, a larger amount, a larger amount of your class would be doing that? Yep. Yeah, you know, some children do, do stand out. Yeah, and some children do deal with stuff in this way, where there is a lot of self stimulation, where they're pinching themselves or scratching themselves. You know, there's another boy in a class across from mine who scratches his face when he gets upset. That's the way that he handles it. But to, I think to say that that's like the way to handle it, don't worry about it, he's writing down his emotions, this is all part of the plan, is a very bizarre take to have on what is essentially a child, you know... Self-harming? Like, Self-harming, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he's he, he headbutting a wall. Like, he, one, I think I've talked about this before, where he, at one point, got so upset with himself 
And it, this is the thing. It's always inward. It's never outward. It's never he's upset at somebody else. It's never anyone else has upset him. If someone else pisses him off, he can handle it. But he puts this, this immense amount of pressure on himself that even if, I've, even if I'm telling him, like, oh, that work is fantastic. You're doing so well. He will still be like, no, it's not. It's the worst work I've ever done in my life. And he'll just go, you know, he'll go absolutely off the handle. And one time there, was, um, there were all these freshly sharpened pencils in a pencil pot. And he just came over to it and just slammed his hand down on it. So when he pulled his hand up, you know, his hand was bleeding because all these fucking pencils had gone into his hand. Like, what the... Like, yes. How are you about to tell me that that is a good way of solving it? That's so I would say that's, that's the mental health stuff that I see at my level is normally to do with parents doing something. So that's a good example of one. Last year I had one where... There was a boy who had a particularly tricky family where half of his family were travelers, half of his family weren't. And so you can imagine the conflicting views that he was getting where his dad's side of the family, the traveler side, were not really um, excited by school at all and would tell him, like, don't worry about school. Like, it's a waste of time. You know, let's go and do something else. And the other side would be his mum's side, who's like desperately clamoring for him to get on with school so that he can catch up to everybody else. So you could see the difference in him over a weekend. If he spent the weekend with dad on Monday, it's bringing him back to earth and saying, no, 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 you're not talking to me like that. You're not behaving like that at school. And then he'd go, all right, yeah, okay, I do remember now. That's not what I want to do. Whereas the weekends he'd spend with mum, he'd come in on Monday and it would be you know, he's, he's really up for work and he's really proud of the work he's done over the weekend. And that must be horrible, like all over the place to be half being told one thing. And obviously um, he's a young man. So his dad is kind of like his idol. So he'd look up to him a lot. So when dad says school is shit, that's kind of gospel. Yeah. And that would be particularly hard. And I think that I did have a bit of an advantage in also being a male teacher and kind of showing him there to be like, no, 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 this is, I, I, I'm going to make sure that I'm your role model as well and make sure that you understand that there are, there are other ways around this. And to be fair, like we did really well with him last year and he came out of that year, like he's progressed, he'd progressed a lot by the end of the year. But I do wonder about how much he could have progressed had dad's side been on board. Does that make sense? But I mean, that men- mental health wise, at least at this age, that's what I've seen. But I do know that we've had issues in the school before with um, with trans students more recently. Right. So over the last two, three years, we had a couple of year six children that felt that they identified as the opposite gender. Okay. And so that was something that was quite interesting. I, I don't necessarily think that was like a mental health issue in itself, but it was definitely something that we had to be aware of because obviously they still looked like a, they still looked like a boy, but presented. I would as- say that I would say that how that's managed and how that's supported, yeah, can lead to untold levels of mental health issues if yeah. it's not done appropriately. Yeah, because exactly. Because obviously, it's such a formative time in a child's life, and if they're having these feelings, then they should really be supported by people with like appropriate training and empathy. Yes. And I have a feeling that it's something that the majority of teachers just won't have much knowledge of. Um, yeah. Yeah. I get quite a lot of 
exposure to a podcast called The Guilty Feminist through Mrs. B. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to episodes of that, uh, which it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent podcast, really, really funny, actually, um, and well worth listening to. But when they have episodes on transgender issues, then um, I just find myself like, completely blown away by how little i know and understand it so i can only imagine that like you know if you've got someone who's maybe a little old-fashioned working in the school who then is dealing with a student who says this that it could suddenly go completely wrong Mm -hmm. and cause mental health issues like to an untold level yeah and also i think it's just being aware of how they're looking to be represented at the school isn't it like it must be particularly difficult to be probably going through like a very confusing time anyway to feel so strongly that you know parents came in and to be fair like you know obviously no teachers were at least outwardly like no i'm not going to treat them in any other way and to be fair they didn't get any special treatment it was just we were just aware of the fact that these people identify as so I think that it was a it was a boy that identified as a girl, and um, so we were like, okay, they identify as a girl, refer to them as a girl, mm-hmm. and that was that was about as far as we went as a school. But I know that we did have we do have someone. I mean, my school's pretty hot on mental health stuff anyway. Like, you know, they really go for it. Um, so I know that our mental health lead was very keen to kind of keep close tabs and try and kind of support and you know it might not be anything formal it might just be a quick like hello in the corridor or just to kind of like catch up after school or whatever but did we she was definitely aware of the fact that they would need support in ways they probably didn't even understand yet yeah and that it was like you said so important to get on top of it now because anything that goes wrong now is going to be compounded and magnified throughout their life so if you can kind of build that confidence up now and give them a chance to get used to this new identity now, I feel like you're going to kind of give them a better chance. But I'm imagining that what you get at college is much, uh, I mean, it may still have the basis of parents. That might still be the, um, that might still be the crux of all of it. But I would imagine that a lot more of their mental health issues would be due to other factors like peers or media or you know Mm. perhaps more of like a a self things that they've kind of developed about themselves over time and how it's kind of changed them the reason why i brought this up is because actually what like i said we we've talked about it here at home quite a lot but i i read a couple of articles about it afterwards and um a year ago they did a they completed a survey of just just under 9,000 school and college teachers in the UK of of all, of all uh, school age groups. And 83% of those who worked in schools said of of all levels said that they had seen students suffering with poor mental health issues that weren't being addressed properly. And then in colleges, 90% of staff who worked in colleges in the survey said that they had encountered the same thing. And then added to that, I thought I'll have a little look because we've actually got quite a lot of listeners in the US now. Shout out to the US. Hello. Um, I was doing a little bit of 
uh, a little bit of a search for that and the statistics that are coming out over there are it's not quite the same but it's it's reporting that one one in three adolescents uh, aged 13 to 18 have been diagnosed or treated for an anxiety disorder at some point mm. um, and I thought that's just a scary big number and we were talking about the fact here like is it just because people are paying more attention to mental health now and understanding what to look for and how to deal with it is it because the old-fashioned attitude of just suck it up and get on with it is kind of being pushed past now or are we genuinely like so are we just are we just testing more for it and therefore finding more cases of it and looking out for it more and seeing it more often or are we actually experiencing more of it and i do think we're probably experiencing more of it as well as being more aware but um yeah i see i see a lot of it in college an awful lot um <clears throat> i have numerous students i would go so far as to say at least 40 percent of my students if not 50 percent of my students um have spoken with me about their struggles with mental health issues from eating disorders to um, anxiety uh, and panic attacks and stuff like that. Um, a couple of them have talked to me about having suicidal thoughts as well, and it, it's been quite it's been quite a daunting thing because obviously it's my first year as a teacher. And sure. To kind of get some of those conversations, you're a bit like, okay, great, and then added to the fact that our college has been without a counsellor for the last six months. Mm. Um, so we've got we've got support staff, but we have no lead counsellor. So sometimes a student won't want to engage with someone if they don't have that title. Let's say, no matter how much that person can help them, they maybe don't want to engage. Um, and so it's been quite, it's been certainly an interesting experience. Not a good one, I wouldn't say. It's been interesting though, mm -hmm. um, and. I'm seeing it has increased a fair amount in the last like 10 days during this lockdown. Um, the students are feeling quite anxious about a lot of things. Um, and I, I wonder, I have this feeling that it's because it ties into what we talked about last week with exam pressure and grade pressure mm -hmm. that we put on students. I really do feel like there's a much higher demand placed on people now. Yeah. Um, and perhaps controversially, I don't know, I think a lot of that uh, ties into social media. I, I really do feel like since the advent of Facebook, the pressure that's been put on students is elevated because now people can communicate with other people around the world and say, yeah, well, my kid got these grades. Or your cousins. Oh, interesting. You think it's more about like, the parents boasting more than yeah, the children think, interacting with other the children? Parents, I think the parents are hearing about what the cousins in Canada have done or the cousins in Germany have done or the cousins in Scotland have done. And like, oh, well, you know, like you, your cousin Annie, she got like all A's on her final exams mm -hmm. and you got D's in your marks. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing more? And it's like just another comparison. Whereas I think if you look back like... 25 30 years 
I don't think those comparisons were happening as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one part of it. I do feel like we're probably putting more pressure on students. Sure. Um, I think as teachers, and this is something that, you, I mean, you've done this longer than me, so maybe you can tell me, but it certainly seems like as teachers, we are focused a hell of a lot on achievement and quantifiable achievement. And, you know, I mean, I get it. We, we want to teach our students well and make sure they learn stuff. But like every week I have a meeting that's like, so are you on course for your achievement rate? Are you on course to get the number of students? You sure, that, that data drive. Yeah. It's like, well, are the teachers piling the pressure on them? Are the teachers saying like, well, hang on, I've taught everything that I'm supposed to teach and you're still not getting it. You're still getting C's instead of A's. So you must be doing something wrong and then just hammering the kid rather than like looking at their own teaching approach. Sure. Um, so I have these, I have these kind of concerns that we're building up pressure on students and it's not necessarily always about them. If you get me, mm. I think, external factors are doing it so i have a feeling social media plays a big part in it in like driving parents to put pressure on students and then equally i suppose in an acute sense the students themselves can look it up and see like oh well some someone got this grade in that exam and is doing better than me i also think the teachers are probably being data driven and putting too much pressure on them Mm -hmm. and then i think probably culturally there's always this idea that like have you noticed that like every year when the A-level results come out, they're always just a fraction better than the year before? Just a yeah, tiny sure. little bit better? And it's like, what happens if one year they're way worse? Well, this is the thing with fucking data, isn't it? It's, it's, all, it, like, it, it's, a, it's a system that's destined to fail because they can, like, if the national percentage goes up by <laughs> 1% each year, it can only do that so many times. And until you end up at what? Like, we're going to do... 90%, 95% of the class are expected. Like, it's not happening. Like, yeah, I, think, then... I think I completely agree with that. I think that the, the idea of pushing through the data and trying to get to a particular percentage and having that pressure is ridiculous. And I think that it's, it's completely backwards in the way that you'd approach something because I should be going there to try and make maximum impact. And if my maximum impact still doesn't get them to that point, then that's the end of it. Yeah. Like there's nothing more that that can be done. Like you could argue that someone's a bad teacher, but you could also argue that that cohort was just probably not ever going to get to that expected number. You know, if you've got like 10% expected in your class by the end of the year, fair enough. You've probably got a bit of an issue there. But you know, if you're if you're off by three children, those three children might not have been ever close to making it. Yeah. You know, you've got no idea what special needs or whatever. Would, you know, you could even talk about this mental health stuff they're going through at the time. You've got no idea what's going on at home. You've got no idea about how they're approaching school. And like some children just have a bum year. Some children just come in and they go, I am just fucking done. I'm washed. I don't know what's going on. I'm sort of over this. I need an extreme amount of support. And you can give them that support, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get to expect it. Yeah. I, I um, completely agree with that. But I w- what I would say um what i would say is that the the pressure that is given to teachers about percentages 
is completely put on by other teachers. It's put on by the head teachers and by the school pushing for a particular percentage. I would mm. love to work in a school where they don't give a fuck about the percentage and see how they do. Because I think that you, with, with that, you, you, have a, you have a bit of a double-edged sword because they don't care about the percentage of who's going to get what at the end of the year. So it means that that, that pressure is gone. But you're also opening the door for shit teachers to be shit and just be complacent for the year and then be like, yeah, well, whatever, they were close enough. Yeah. Like, I, I do feel like there is something to be said as far as that pressure probably does produce some better work. But I think that if the context is within mental health, you definitely have to look at that and go, mm, is it worth it, though? Like, am I potentially setting someone else, someone up for anxiety for the rest of their life for the exactly. sake of getting a percentage. And, and I completely agree that it is a problem. And I, but I would say that it's a problem that can be solved quite easily by just saying to head teachers, stop pushing for a particular percentage. They could even just not release the national percentage each year. Yeah. But I think, I think that's put, right. It's all put on directly by the school and it's not by anybody else. And also just the other point that I was going to make was just when you were discussing about how um, whether or not we're just looking for more mental health stuff now or we're more aware of it or there is more of a case of mental health, I would probably say that that old school approach that you were talking about was so bad for people mentally. It was so horrible. And I've seen it even now. Like There are people who are much older at the school who still have that kind of like, just come on, brush yourself up, get on with it type of deal. And I do understand where they are coming from as, as far as like where their mindset is because what they're trying to do is give tough love they're trying to be like come on i want you to be strong i want you to push through but the problem with that is that sometimes i can't be strong and sometimes i need to know that i can't be strong and that there yeah. is that support there for me and i think that you can't go too much either way you can't be too you know cotton wool you can't be too oh don't worry about it you know if you don't if you're if you're not feeling right today you need a mental health day don't worry about it we're just not going to do any work you can do coloring because if you introduce that to a seven-year-old every day is going to be a mental health day it's going to be yeah. quick in my opinion i don't know that based off any evidence and maybe they have done stuff to suggest that children wouldn't do that but i reckon if i walked into the room and said who wants to do work today or who wants to do coloring you'd have <laughs> uh, you know it would be it'd be difficult i know that's not necessarily the choice that's being presented i probably you know put that into a bit of a hyperbole but i would just i would say that you can't go too far that way and equally you can't go too far of that no shut up get on with it you have to have somewhere in the middle where you're like come on i need you to push yourself i need you to build up that mm. resilience but know that those mistakes that you make and whatever your best is that's good enough so don't worry about pushing any more than that like i just want to see what you can do the best that you've got and um i think that there is a lot of stuff about growth mindset in the uk right now that's really being pushed which is just the idea of um doing the best that you can right now it, it's, it's really nothing new it's basically just do the best you can and don't mm. worry about what, everything else I which i feel that, like is a very healthy way to approach it yeah i think that there is some progress being made with stuff like that. there's also some there's some quite good examples in the US and I, I really should have noted them down when I read about this earlier on in the year but I forgot to there's, there's a couple of schools that are really pioneering some different ways of teaching mm. including um, kind of like different approaches to attention and, and managing ADHD and stuff like that including like having desks with fidget spinners attached to them so nice, they, cool. they can kind of 
be used without disrupting the lesson yep. um, and changes in like lesson times and blah 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 but I also feel like you, you just made quite an interesting point and one of the ones that's come up in other conversations I've had where it's like okay I, I do get it you can have days where you're just completely blue and completely down but I think at the age group that I teach 16 to 19 they become very aware very quickly that it's impossible to see anxiety Sure. As a health, con- like I can't, I can't see it. I can't. It's not like an open wound. Yeah. It's not like a bruise. I can't see it. So if they go, yeah, sorry, I um, Mister B, I didn't, didn't hand the work in. I was just feeling really anxious about the deadline. Mm-hmm. And there have been quite a lot of times where this has happened, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, how are we gonna? help with that or do you know what will help you manage your anxiety and they're like no it just takes a bit of time to go away you're like okay okay and then it's the same student that comes back the next time around it's like yeah mr b i'm really struggling with my anxiety so i sure i can't i can't do that assignment and it's like well okay like how are we going to get around this then like do i need to do a different type of assignment do you want to do it verbal instead of written do we no no it'll be fine for the next one are you sure? Because that's twice now. Yeah. yeah, no, I guarantee it'll be five for the next one. Then the next one comes around. Yeah, Mr. B, I'm... Uh... And I'm guessing you try and give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt of like, exactly. okay, you're definitely anxious, but equally they could be just kind of playing it up. Like, exactly. Oh God, that must be such a difficult line to toe because and how so, are you going to call it either way? Yeah, and so now I have this result with one student in particular who has multiple outstanding assignments, like multiple Right, and you know we've got like eight weeks left to term or whatever it is, and he would need to be handing in at least one assignment a week to be caught up, wow. and um, he didn't show up for his online lessons the other day, and I was like, so uh, where were you? Like, I sent him an email. Where were you? Are you okay? Is everything all right? And I get a reply back saying, yeah, I'm just really struggling with like anxiety and motivation at the minute because I just have so much outstanding and i just don't know whether it's worth me like even bothering or whether i should just drop out of the year i thought now i get it i would be anxious if i had that much now with eight weeks to go i really would be but we probably could have gotten through this earlier in the year if if i had done a different thing if the student had engaged a little bit Uh, i messaged the parents multiple times and didn't hear back from them do you wish um, you'd done anything different now, like looking back on the year? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, w- I probably would have switched from written assessment to verbal assessment earlier, which yeah. is what I'm going to do now with the student is I'm going to do verbal assessment. Um, I, w- I would probably have done that. Uh, I'd probably have sought some guidance from elsewhere. I would have tried to get the parents actually into the college they've literally responded to one email the whole time out of maybe like 15 so there's there's really been no engagement there they don't answer the phone right. the call yeah, yeah. um so i do have some concerns that we were going to struggle anyway um but i i just don't know like i feel like i feel like i'm quite aware in terms of my teaching practices and what I should and shouldn't be doing. And I think I did a lot of stuff right. 
I also feel like I gave benefit of the doubt when I should have given mm-hmm. the benefit of the doubt. Yep. I possibly could have insisted on seeing some actual medical support. Sure. To, to back it up. Um, but again, I, I've, I've suffered from anxiety at times and, mm-hmm. and stresses and, and worries and mental health issues. And I thought, well, if this kid really is going through that stuff, then, and I pile in on top of it and say, get me a doctor's note or get me a psychologist's note. Yeah. Then that's not going to help in any way, shape or form. In fact, it's going to make things worse. Um, but then equally, I'm starting to notice a little pattern of that type of behavior in college with my age group of students. Again, I think they're a little bit more aware and it doesn't just come up on a mental health side of things. It comes up on a health side of things, full stop. So along with anxiety being something that you can't necessarily see, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my students have learned that migraines almost impossible to tell if someone's got a migraine. Right. Yeah, sure. I think that uh, that's just like a classic though, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, people ringing up work. Oh, I can't come in and say I've got a really bad migraine. That's it. Like, and it's like, well, you know, I get migraines. I genuinely do get migraines. I get like it. Well, it's, it's been better recently, but like used to get a couple a year and I would have to lie in as dark a room as possible with a cover over my head. If mm-hmm. I even like, if even there was like a little red dot on like a charger or a TV screen, that would just, go through my head wow make me feel like very very sick yeah so when a student's sitting in the classroom saying like yeah i was late today because i've got a migraine and they're totally chilled sure like, yeah no i'm not it's buying so, like it's the same thing man it's the same thing isn't it it's just so difficult because perhaps they're they just handle it different to you or whatever but like, it, it is such a difficult line to toe between Mm. are you taking the piss and do you need help it's so difficult to know because the line is so thin it's so thin and you've got no idea if someone is you know just basically just trying to get away with whatever they can or whether they are genuinely going through something or maybe it's both like do you know what i mean they're teenagers and it's so so difficult and i do not envy having to deal with people who are old enough to kind of realize that they can lie and get away with this sort of yeah, stuff. At least at system. my age, <laughs> my my guys can't really get around it. Like the, the way, the one thing you will see is you know, they might go, Mr. Oh, I still said my name, Mr. T, I feel really sick. And I'm like, okay, can I feel your head? Okay. Your head feels fine. Go down to the office for me. They take their temperature and then they come back upstairs. And normally just having that attention and that reassurance of going to the office and kind of being seen to and being helped a little bit is enough. And that, that makes enough of the difference as far as like that, that reassurance that they needed. But I mean, they, 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 they at some point, everyone in the class tries it where they're like, Oh, I just feel <laughs> really sick. And I go, Oh, do you like you poor thing? Kate, go and have a drink for me. That's the classic. Go and have a drink is basically, you're not going home. You're not going home. So you go, go and have a drink and then you'll be fine. And then normally they have a drink. And to be fair, so, so often they have lunch and feel better. So I think that maybe it's just like they just feel really hungry. <laughs> and then yeah. just, I feel sick when actually what, what they're actually trying to convey is I'm really hungry. <laughs> so normally once they have lunch, they come back in and I'm like, do you feel better? And I'm like, yeah, loads better. I'm like, right. <laughs> I feel I think, you, dude. I'm I the love same that- before lunch. 
I love that it starts so young because I always I always joke that like I get the really sick voice like yeah. <laughs> B and I'm like as soon as I'm like Mr. B no it's a bit like uh, <laughs> you do it back to them and I'm like yes like oh feel sick <laughs> or like oh got a migraine or and this is my favorite and this will count as my from the classroom for this week i think this will be quite a good one um because i'm aware we should probably wrap this one up as well anyway um i have one student who every thursday um so his thursday breaks down he's got a gcse class because he's got to retake his gcse's yeah then he has a practical with me then after lunch he has another gcse class and then after that he has another practical with me and he goes to his first gcse slot goes to his first practical goes to his second gcse slot and then three weeks in a row he didn't show up for his afternoon practical right and first week it's like tell mr b i get the message tell mr b i can't make it i threw up i'm like okay all right well i know that like he'd go down to the local supermarket at lunch and go to the salad bar maybe he ate something that was dodgy i don't know okay Okay. second week get another message tell mr b i'm not coming into practical i threw up and i was like right what are you eating dude okay this is weird (laughs) and then the third week uh, and after the second week i said look you can't just leave college without coming and talking to me we have to let your parents know uh, you're still not 18 you can't do that stop doing that mm-hmm. if you try and do that again there'll be some major problems so the third week he shows up in my office uh... and it's always accompanied with it's always accompanied with a squint as well <laughs> and like kind of yeah you can totally like see it shoulders kind of slumped and rolled forward a bit of a squint and this oh Mr. B I'm like <laughs> yes child um, y- yes yes adolescent and uh, he goes I can't do practical I was like really can I take a guess were you sick and he's like yeah I was sick again I was like wow okay okay well okay fair enough i mean if you're sick then absolutely yeah you can go home he's like okay cool thank you i was like no no wait wait no you have to wait there um i have to call your your dad um to let him know because you can't just leave sight on your own um he'll have to come and collect you he's like what no i was like no no that's how this goes so you just wait there and I call his dad and I'm like, yeah, your son, he's, uh, he's been sick. Um, just, so you know, this is the, uh, third week in a row. He's really sick. But uh, only at specific times. And he's like, wait, what? So he's been sick. I was like, yeah. And the kid is starting to actually look very unwell now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the dad's like, okay, cool. I'll be there in a minute did you say that like this is the third week in a row i was like yeah the last two weeks he's left sight and 
sent me a message saying he'd thrown up. He's like, right, okay. He just arrived home earlier that day and told me his lessons had been cancelled. I was like, oh, <laughs> did he now? Oh, isn't that interesting? Okay. Well, listen, he'll be waiting out the front by reception. You can come and collect him anytime from now. Um, I'll make sure he's down there in time. I just need to have a chat with him first. And the dad's like, yeah, I'm on my way. <laughs> Sounded real angry. I was like, so interestingly, third week you've been sick. Last two weeks you just went home. Your dad says that you uh, told him your lessons have been cancelled. And the kid's like, uh, oh, I can't remember. I was like, right, okay. Well, he, he remembers. I was like, also, you seem to get sick at like two o'clock on a Thursday. Yes, specifically every week. Every week. Is there like is there something going on? He's like, No, 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 I just I'm I'm just not well. Like I just I was just sick. I was like, Okay, cool. Because it's a very specific thing. Like you vomited three times in three weeks at the same time. And it's always before the second practical. Uh, anyway, long story short, it turns out the kid had taken um extra shifts working at Domino's. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, and he'd been skipping out so he could go to that. And um yeah, we we found out and we called him out on it. But it was just like such a that punk so move. Funny. Yeah, like and it just, sick. Every like every time fully taking like, advantage of your kindness to let exactly. him every time something like that happens, I feel like fuck, I've been played. Like absolutely played. <laughs> I've been naive. I but then one day I'll take a hard line on it and it'll be the wrong time. Oh, of course. This is what I mean. Man. It's I such a thin line. It's it. so difficult. It's so difficult. Basically, I think that what you've got to be is just completely consistent and just assume that mental health and all medical issues don't exist. And just, hey, if you come in, you come in with a cast on your arm, bullshit. Take that off. Get on with your practical. <laughs> like, oh, I've got a migraine. Here's a doctor's note. Bullshit. Doctors don't know what they're talking about, dude. Get like, exactly. I know, get, get I know running on the treadmill. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> yes, get out of my face. <laughs> like, Mr. B, I'm really anxious. Yeah, I'm anxious for you to get on with your work right now, so don't even talk to me about it. That's exactly. just... That's, that's <laughs> anxiety? I'll give you anxiety. <laughs> get out of my face, fool. <laughs> and just like that, we all got fired. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool man. That was a cool question, man. That was a really good conversation. It was nice to. I figured like, I have to answer, ask a sensible one every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, every now and again, we'll, we'll drop them in. Don't worry, guys. We're going back to what weird things have you seen a child put in their ear next week? I was just about to say, put in their nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the week after, dude. We're doing a series. Yeah, Don't worry. Sorry. <laughs> right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Shout out to all the Americans who are listening. Suddenly, there's a lot more of you. So that's really cool. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Lots more. Um, yeah. Shout out to everyone. Um, yeah. And I will practice all of the languages I have to practice. So <laughs> I can say thank you in them, uh, maybe for next week or maybe yes. the week after. <laughs> and just a quick thing to remind people that we are getting close to our 20th episode. So please send in some questions to inatbreak at gmail.com. We'd love to answer them in a couple of episodes' time. Alrighty. Thanks, awesome. guys. See you. This is the fun part. We'd love to hear from you. Comments and questions are most welcome. Every month, we're going to answer questions from listeners in one special episode. So you can send your questions in to inatbreak at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, then please subscribe. 
Maybe you could even tell a friend. Or maybe you could even give us a little follow on Twitter. At In Up Break. Or follow us on Instagram. Also, at In Up Break. See you next time. Bye.